Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Hey dreamers, month two, like how did that happen? Here we are in our second series about entrepreneurship and the people that we have been bringing you have really shifted us. So we hope that you are also experiencing some changes, almost like, you know, an alchemy of your own chemistry just by being exposed to these incredible people. And, you know, I truly believe, and somebody told me this early days, that in order to actually listen to these things and resonate, it means that there's a piece of them that is a piece of you. So um, if you're really feeling shifted and moved, you know, just really breathe that in and know that there's something in each one of these incredible people that resides in you. And I, I just love that. So I don't know, letting the reins go and having Nat actually do this interview this week. I mean, good thing she knew this person for, what was it? 23 years, I got hold of the recording. Look out. Whew. So she did an amazing job because I kept thinking, oh, she actually did an intro. I didn't think she did. And it was just amazing to be able to soak up Leanne Kemp just like you guys, um, listening to it raw and not being the interviewer. So, you know, Nat, I thought you did an amazing job. It was awesome that You've known her for so long and seen her from beginning to now. And, you know, just were able to really give us that personal um, picture of someone who's really making waves in the world and making a massive impact. See, Sarah was shocked at me having an introduction, right? Because she thinks I don't plan. She has this thing where she thinks I don't plan for anything. When I do my um, speeches on stage, she doesn't see me sit down with a pen. But I'm constantly immersed in it. We talked about immersion a few times. I'm constantly immersed in it and thinking about it and reciting it. And I actually did, for this introduction, put pen to paper 
and read the introduction so that I didn't miss out on anything. So, Sarah, you'd be very proud of my preparation. Yes. Woohoo! And it was awesome, and I thought that she really deserved it um, because of all the, you know, the tireless years that she's been operating behind the scenes when nobody knew her name. And, gosh, you know, she's really um, came to Europe and basically by herself just came by herself came by herself to London and really used all the skills that she'd been honing all these years in Australia and just you know literally sound waves all the way you know heard all the way back to Australia clearly as she's Queensland's chief entrepreneur and um look I just wanted to really start off by commenting on Leanne's access to the why you know she really um started the interview that way and ended that way because she couldn't not. And the thing she said at the end really struck me is that when Nat was asking this this question of like, why do you do it? Why do you take this many flights? Why do you sacrifice so much of your life for this? And she just said, or, and then Nat even asked her, is it worth it? And again, she said, well, it's why you do it. You know, what's the why? And that's the thing that's going to help you weather any storm and not just need it to be sunny weather in order to be on your purpose and, and your mission. So I really felt that Leanne was, um, she talked about her true North, you know, and, and having her, her sights a lot more clear than they've ever been in her life. And it sounded like it's because her why was really clear. And the thing that, you know, Nat, because you've known her for so long, it was the, the thought that this has been developing over so much time. And I love that because, you know, in the business that we do now, we've found that working with so many different people in different walks of life, the why they do it is different every time. Like everybody has a different reason, their own purpose, and nobody can actually give someone else their purpose. Mm. And that's... Yeah, that's key. So I can't impress or express or describe to someone, hey, this needs to be your purpose. Off you go in the world. It really has to be found from within. And one of the things that you can hear from Leanne and and anybody else that has achieved their goals or is achieving goals or working on their dreams is that the purpose often shifts. It's not like you can go, right, after you listen to this, I need to find my purpose, find a purpose and that's it and it stays there. It does evolve and shift all the time. I, I truly believe that people get really stumped on the why and purpose and what if you just realize that you are on purpose? I really believe everybody is on purpose and it's not finding it, it's mining for it. Meaning the the diamonds, because this show was a lot about diamonds and blood diamonds in, um you know rural countries, you know, countries in Africa and things like that. But this is like mining for your own purpose, meaning be the investigator of your own life instead of trying to, um, you know, like pick it off up off the shelf, realize it's already there and there's signs to it and there's like clues all the time. And so it's really about, I think, listening in for what you're already doing because Leanne 23 years ago was on this purpose already. There were signs, you know, Nat even alluded to the fact that she's doing some of these similar things that she was doing as an entrepreneur way back when. So the signs were there 
and and now things have just really clarified and it's it's a lot easier for the world to see and maybe for her to distinguish as well so i love that sarah mining <laughs> for your purpose mm. you just uncovered that you just mined that right there it's perfect it's just hard to believe well <laughs> thanks thanks to all of you for giving us the space to um you know, discover some clarity of our own in order to then share it with you. So, Nat, I know there were some things that really struck you um, in the interview. Even though you were running it, you were able to really find some poignancy. Yeah, I was taking notes on the side too, and especially towards the end where I said to Leanne her personal development and, and asked her about how she's evolved over time and what would be the top five characteristics that are important in the space she's in. And she gave us two, which one was purpose, which is the why. And the second one um, she talked about, she threw a whole mishmash of words that I'll go into in a second. Um, so she only identified two top ones, actually. And then she said the rest of them are mechanical. So making it happen or making shit happen, or she said getting shit done, Right. Hashtag GSD from Leanne. So these are the words she talked about. It was quite interesting as an athlete to, we use the word resilience a lot. Um, and she actually said that it's gone above resilience, right? She used the word tenacity. And when I think of tenacity, I often use the analogy of a, like a dog with a bone, right? When you try and get a bone out of a dog's mouth, that they're like going to bite your bone then before they let that go, right? Um, and that's the sort of thing. There's salivating. There's hanging on to it with all your might. So she talked about tenacity over resilience. And then she used another word called anti-fragility. And, and Sarah and I don't often like to use the, word, the negative word, like anti-something. Um, but this one is kind of unique. So stay with me on this. Um, so what I did... More preparation, Sarah. I'd be very proud. I hit Google because <laughs> Google's where it all happens. And I Googled tenacity. I Googled resilience. I Googled anti-fragility. So we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about that. So here's what came up with tenacity. It actually talked about being tenacious. So, of course, Google goes further and you click on another link. So here's the distinctions. Listen for the distinctions and listen to where you are and what you might want to grip onto. Tenac tenacious was, um, it talked about being not easy to pull apart, right? Adhere to or cling to. That's my like dog with a bone analogy. You cannot pull a bone out of the dog's mouth. And being persistent when you seek something that's valuable or desired. So again, we're talking about our dreams. Our dreams are valuable to us, they're desired, and, and to us, right? They're valuable to us. Other people might not be interested in your dream and therefore they throw shit at it or they ignore you or they don't help you because they're not interested because it's your dream. So when you seek something that's valuable to you, it's the persistence not easy to pull apart, adhere to and cling to it until you get there. So that was tenacious, right? Resilience, which again we use a lot, it's thrown around a lot, it's probably overused. Here's what it said, the capacity to recover and return to size or shape after compressive stress. Okay, 
capacity to recover and return to size or shape after compressive stress. Now, ironically, they say that diamonds are made under compressive stress mm. and heat. And this was a diamond talking show. And athletes, our coach, Steve, used to say, do you remember what he used to say to us? When you squeeze uh, a orange. When you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Orange juice. Orange juice. Duh. No brainer. And then he would ask us this poignant question. This is a very reflective question. When I squeeze you. Meaning when you're under pressure. When you're squeezed, what do you get? Yeah, what comes out? So what is the reaction? What comes out when you're being squeezed under pressure? You know, whether that's pressure from life. That could be something going on at work. It could be your kids when they just could be your health. Yeah, when the basically when life ups the volume on you, what comes out? Is it a calm Buddha-like state, <laughs> or is it more like angry, high-pitched yelping? You know what is it? Jordan does that. She does like high-pitched screaming in the middle of the street when she's not getting her own way. So when we squeeze Jordan right now as a three-year-old, that's what comes out. Well, and, and let's be honest, let's talk about what happens to the parents when she's doing that, <laughs> because that's what comes out of us. Because, you know, the thing that I find the most challenging with parenting, sorry, I'm just going to offshoot for a second, is that with with parenting, you know, initially you think, oh my gosh, I've really got to help Jordan get over these tantrums and why, you know, when she's freaking out like that and, you know, all the focus is on how I'm going to shift her, but actually what happens to Jordan is the way that I react. So she basically becomes my reaction. So as much as, you know, you think it's about her and her little outburst, it's not. It's my response to the outburst that actually has the most impact. So this is the thing that's so challenging as a parent because you think that it's about stopping them, but it's not. It's about awareness and presence about your own responses to life. Sorry. Ooh, so that, that's a little boom. That's a whole nother episode about parents. Right there. Sorry, parenting. no, but uh, response, responding. How do you respond? How that's exactly in everything in life, and that's part of this. If you look at the entrepreneurship or uh, going to achieve your dreams, is how are you going to respond when it doesn't go to plan? How are you going to respond if someone shits on your dream, says it's not possible, or that's a dumb dream, or how are you going to respond? Which is really a key. That's a whole. That's all part of this resilience and tenacity. And can I make a comment about resilience? Because I've never really heard it defined like you just did. And something just hit me because I really appreciate the word resilience, and I think that it's something that I would recognize um, in the business that we run. When when we work with people, I've often thought the people that have resilience are the ones that are successful. But when you read that definition, something hit me, and perhaps this is what Leanne's getting. At, is that resilience means you said something about recover and return to this what's this size this, or shape yeah of how you were before yeah therefore to me it's you're not actually expanding you're going back to this like neutral space which is kind of like potentially better than that heightened out of whack state however if if it kind of reminded me of when I was playing volleyball and I wanted to calm my nerves and my pressure I was actually trying to neutralize myself to not freak out but 
in light of that, I wasn't moving forward. I wasn't creating anything. I was actually just trying not to be something. I was just trying to like, kind of like put something over the fire. And, and in that way, I wasn't like expanding anything and growing anything. So Why I don't know. rain on my parade. Oh, was that the conclusion? Yeah, there's a bit more oh, coming. Sorry. I haven't finished my... Because I never heard that yeah. about resilience. Because okay, it go. Al- it sorry. Also, resilience also talks about recovering and readjusting, like you said, back to, right? Mm-hmm. Something that hasn't moved. Okay, well, see, you made a good example. So, I got it. It's like, it's almost... The and I don't know if it's related to the size of the trauma, but if you think of a tree that gets sort of in the wind, waved around and, and loses a branch, it grows a branch back, right? Or if there's a fire, it burns it down, it grows back bigger and better and greener and stronger, which is what you're talking about, which here we go, anti-fragility. I'll try not to interrupt. Okay. Now, like we said, we don't often like to talk about the antis, but this was quite powerful. There's um, actually a study done by this gentleman called Professor Taleb, when you look it up, if you want to look it up, and he talks about anti-fragility in a different way to resilience and even tenacity, okay? So oh, it, got, it it's pretty fascinating, and if you want to deep dive further, there is plenty for you to look through. But here is something I got from the Greek mythology. Way I used to love Greek mythology, probably because I like to draw all the creatures that looked always weird and wacky. And the Greek mythology, um, one of the creatures called Hydra, if you remember, was a creature with numerous heads. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's looking at me like, Where like is hurry this up, going? tell no, us. This is cool. So the creature with numerous heads in Greek mythology, this is where anti-fragility comes in. If you cut off one head, two grow back. Right. Okay, so Sarah talked about not growing, resilience being going back to the state of, right, coping with the stress, but going back to where you were. Whereas anti-fragility, if you get a head cut off, two grow back. So you're growing not only the head back, and it may come back in different shape, size, space, but there's now two of them. So there's growth and expansiveness in anti-fragility. There's even, uh, like, this topic is huge, okay? So if you imagine in your race, mining, hunt, chase for your dream, and someone cuts off your head, now have the picture of two growing back. Now you're like, you can speak louder, you can speak more often, you can go two different places. So that's part of the anti-fragility, Sarah. Oh, okay. Well, Do you get that? I get the, I just don't know how they got from anti-fragility to Hydra's heads, but. Well, that's the mythology. Okay. Well, which is awesome because that, you know, it makes you think of an injury. Like if you, you get hurt that your muscle actually builds around like the what's it called that builds around scar tissue scar tissue thank you and it and it allows it to be even stronger than it was before the injury is that sort of a similar we, idea we can go with that oh yes. my gosh well the one thing i wanted to comment was around the word fragile and and this idea of fragility makes me think of in a person's life when you feel fragile the the thing that I thought was this is when when I feel fragile I take offense. Things can get to me. I feel like 
like this vulnerability, like it's like, and vulnerability, there's not, there's nothing wrong with it, especially if it helps you grow two heads, right? However, this, this idea of, of taking offense is when other people's opinions and the world can define my own journey. And this is what I think being fragile, where it gets dangerous, is you're, you're basically building yourself up according to the good opinion of other people. And so you're constantly being um, bolstered around by what other people think. And so being offended is like taking things personally, thinking it's about you when it has nothing to do with you. So to me, being anti-fragile or anti-offended to me is like a real power. There's a real power in in being able to do that. And all of our business entrepreneurs have talked about that. You need to be free of the good opinion of others. So that's fragility made me think about that. And, and this is a practice, right? This is about building a memory mm. muscle for this. Mm. So you actually have to build your tenacity. You have to build your anti-fragility. You have to build, there's another word I like to use, robustness. Mm. Our friends, another Sarah, I have lots of Sarahs in my life. Sarah Monty uses the word robust a lot. Okay, so how do you build a, a robust mind, a robust body? to cope with some of the stresses and it is a practice okay it doesn't mean you don't sit down and cry and get upset about it and and don't feel hurt it just means it's your response so how do you respond and your response will be different the three-year-old screaming in the street to even though at 44 I want to scream in the street I choose a different response so Leanne spoke about something else. I'm shifting. I am moving Shift, out. Pivot, pivot. I am pivoting right now. Timing is everything. I wrote it in bold letters when I was listening to the interview, and I hope you all take notes because it is, unless you're listening in your car, there's real value to writing down things that really impact you. You know, there's a different energy. We've talked about that before. When you're listening, being an active listener like that. So to me, timing is everything, she said. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Nat's known Leanne for 23 years. I've known her for a long time as well. And it's like, what's going on now is built so much on the skills that she was developing way back when in Brisbane. But why now? Why is she on the stage with the CEO of Uber? And why is she in Google X projects now? And why is, you know, why is Leanne Kemp a superstar now? And she said, you know, choosing the right time to bring the ingredients together is key. And Nat loved the story about her first employee and how she, you know, how he came to to be, you know, her number one, you know, her first person to join the company. And she said, timing was everything. And he kept saying, I want to work for you. And she's like, now's not the right time. And what but I... He was, he was tenacious. He hung on. He wanted he to did. work with her. He had a dream and he was seeking something valuable and desired and he stayed in the game. And to me, timing is everything for him too. He had to stay in the game. But what I wanted to address here is timing. This is a lesson I learned um, from my coach, Steve, that I really um, honor is that he said, a lot of people say that being early is a virtue. And he said, I want to prove to you that timing is everything. And being early is being out of time. It's all about being in time. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so in sport, he used to demonstrate 
physically that if you were early to the ball, you were actually out of rhythm. So, you know, he comes from a dancing background and rhythms and beats and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I guess dancers would understand this is that if you're early on the beat, you are out of time with the rest of the the people that you're dancing with, with the song, you know, with the, the beat, literally. And so to me, um, timing is everything is all about trust. Is like, had the most random visual but I used to do a lot of skipping when I was in school and we used to do double dutch so you had like people holding the rope and the thing with double dutch is it's like there's two ropes going at the same time and you are trying to enter into the, the jumping you know you're trying to get in the middle and timing is everything if you're early you're gonna hit the ropes in order to be in time you have to have this trust and you have to like Feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm, go. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm, go. So to me, um, what Leanne said has real value if you start to think about your own life and you start to think, where am I trying to rush things? Where am I trying to do it earlier than needs to be done? Now, Leanne has a company, she has a great idea, and someone says, I want to work for you. Most people are like, okay, 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 okay. But trusting the the vastness of what she was trying to create to me was being able to say to him, now is not the right time. The right time is not yet. And so timing is everything um, is applicable in your own life. We all have this. We're all developing skills and tools. And for me, the biggest word that I hope you take out of this part is trust. Can you trust your ability to know the timing? And where are you in your pursuit of your own dream, right? Are you sitting at the train station early? Mm-hmm. Are you waiting for the train to come? Like we were skiing in Zermatt recently and I thought the train was coming at 9.48 mm-hmm. and there was a train at 9.36. We were actually early. We, we were a few minutes early for the 9.36 train and I said to uh, my friend Hallie, let's go, let's get the train. He's like, no, no, wait for the other one, which I thought was 9.48. So we could have rushed to get to get in there for 9.36. We said, no, we'll wait. Then up comes the next train and it's supposed <laughs> to be 9.48 and it's 10. So now we're at the train. Our we, well, time, exactly what Sarah talked about, the rhythm was out, the timing was out. Are you sitting at the train station too early? And that's okay if you don't get impatient. That's okay if you're sitting there building other skills or joining other people to the team or recruiting or just reflecting and you know when the train comes you're ready to step on it, right? Some people get impatient and leave the station because they were sitting there for 10 minutes and thought that they'd missed the train and they leave the station and then here it comes. Timing, patience, understanding the rhythm and the cycles is absolutely everything. So who wants to know the secret to always being in time? Me, 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 me. When you are fully present in the moment, you're never late and you're never too early. You're always right on time. You never feel like you've missed the train You never feel like you're too early. You never get anxious. When you're in the moment, you can be sitting in the middle of a traffic jam and be 
fully at peace because you are exactly where you're supposed to be in time, on time, right in the rhythm of your own life. And I think the best, you know, one of the best ways I know how to do that is to just become aware that you're breathing, you know, breathe in through your nose and out through your nose, become aware that you're taking that breath. And in that moment, you're never too late. You're never too early. And you know what? People laugh about this, but high level CEOs do this. People do this the most right before they go on stage, you know, to, to, to speak, to, because they're freaking out. You know, we often out of duress, use the breath, but you can use it all the time. So honestly, that's the secret. Yeah. Athletes use it all the time in games, before games, you know, in the warm up, even after to relieve the valve, right? So breathing. Good job. There's nothing better than knowing that there's nowhere that you need to be or there's nothing you need to do but be right here right now. You're never more effective and more in time than when that's there. And I think the world and society gives us all the other anxieties around that. But if you really want to be in time, even overwhelm, we were on a ski hill and um, the waiter at the restaurant was like literally an overwhelm and freak out and everything like people were like talking to him and he's trying to take our order and I just thought let's just be here with this guy because you know what the likelihood of him making an error in our order is high it's gonna then add to his overwhelm you could just see it's so easy to see in other people isn't it but you could just see how overwhelm was gonna lead to more and more mistakes and errors and more overwhelm and it was just like can I help this guy be present with us right now so at least we get this right and that way, it's one less thing on his overwhelm <laughs> rally sheet. So You did very well with that, Sarah. It was great. <laughs> Let's see. So the last thing I want to talk about that Leanne sort of punched me in the eye with, thank God she didn't get three of them, there were two strikes, um, was this female discussion. And, um, of course, Leanne's on the leading edge of the space she's in right now, and she's winning not only awards for IT and technology, but she's also winning the category of female entrepreneur or female IT guru of the year, right? And so I questioned her about that. And of course, her whole goal, same with Oprah, Serena Williams, and I think us too, Sarah, we don't usually bring in female male, um, was that it's a pronoun that's not led with. We don't lead with that. Leanne is entrepreneur, chief entrepreneur of Queensland, not female chief entrepreneur, right? So we even get that with Jordan. Sometimes we're in bed with Jordan and she says, I want to get out this side of the bed because this is the girl's side and that is the boy's side. And she's three and we don't talk about it. So where does it come from? Yeah, we're like, well, then what the heck? We're all, why do we all have to get off the same side? All us girls. Yeah, she tries to pull us all out the same side of the bed. She's like, don't go out that side. That's the boy's side. <laughs> So basically, you know, society, um, you know, there's distinctions all the time. When you go to the bathroom, there's like, uh, literally you're teaching your daughter, like what door she has to go in. Look up, Jordan. See that little one in the dress? Oh yeah, that's our door. And I'm thinking. Is that why she wants to wear dresses all the time? Yeah. I was like, I don't wear dresses, but anyways, that's besides the point. Um, but you know, this is the thing. Leanne kind of had to go at Nat a little bit about female. However, the, she called it the pre-noun, won't need to be used. But I'm just going to come right back at her a little bit because she spoke about female minors in, in Tanzania, and I was really inspired by that. And one of the things with this pre-noun is that 
whether Nat and I use it a lot, because in the world that we've lived, we've had equanimity in our, our pay with sport. We've grown up with a very, you know, mothers who are very strong, powerful in our world. So we never really grew up feeling less than. And we've, you know, because of the work of other women who've come before us, we live a very equal feeling existence. However, the female miners in, in Tanzania don't have the same experience. Um, Leanne is really um, going to bat for these um, Tanzanian female miners so that they can get mining permits. Because I do think that the pronoun of female miner, and potentially because it's an individual versus the big companies, it is making um, that really difficult for them. So, so you know, Leanne um sustainability her her desire to bring transparency to systems is also extending to her why which is to like um you know these social enter she has social enterprise in her blood she wants to figure out how can i actually shift you know the future of these communities and you know she laughed at nat about the future for these women is all about how can i have better education for my kids how can i um shift the state of my community. So there's a lot of poverty, obviously. And if a female miner can, with a shovel, um, discover a diamond, that would shift, you know, the the outcome, the future for her family and her community. So, um, you know, ironically, I'm talking about female miners, um, and I don't know all the details, but this is something that Leanne has brought up. Nat and I are very... Um, inspired by social enterprises like Thank You Water out of Australia. Visit thankyou.co. It's so inspiring. The book Chapter One that the, the CEO of this company wrote just changed the game, it just changes the way you think about the world. Um, another amazing book is called Loop Tale, um, it's, and it's the social enterprise of G Adventures. I mean, these are things that you'll realize sustainability projects are where it's at, and the world can actually turn in a natural cycle. So I, I was really inspired by Leanne speaking about that, Nat. And um, yeah, the whole interview um, topped and tailed. It was just really exciting to know that someone that you've known for so long is just making such an impact in the world. Any last thoughts? Well, I'm glad I got a tick for being the interviewer. You might not see me again, but that's, <laughs> that was it because... Sarah is the gun and I just, uh, you know, she's only getting started. That's the other thing. She's just getting started. So 23 years into knowing her, she has so much to do in the world. She's making a huge impact. So high five to Leanne. And um, now I look forward to hopefully something in there has helped you be tenacious or anti-fragile or work on your purpose to help you live your dream. And wherever you are listening you know, to these podcasts and, and really wanting your own life to, to have a trajectory and, and getting really present to your own timing and being, you know, at the right place at the right time. And, and really like Nat saying, being tenacious in what you do and, and mining for your own purpose. Don't forget the importance of a community, you know, people around you that are also doing that same thing. And a lot of people, that start making change, want to do it alone. It's like, um, I don't know why we, we know we can discuss that in another podcast, but people seem to want to do things alone when, why wouldn't you do it alongside a community of people that will cheer you on? Like people that will encourage you, that will actually give you new ideas that might be the vehicle 
to where you want to go. So really, we encourage you to join our community at bit.ly slash The Nat and Sarah Show. And, you know, we love to go on there live, especially on a Friday, and just hash it up and see where everybody's at. Um, and, and just really help you manifest your dreams. So we look forward to, to meeting you there in the community. And if you join the community, don't be the silent one. Be, you know, just have a coming out party. Actually post something. Tell us yeah, something about you. Yeah, we can comment and we can engage. And we look forward to seeing you in the community. If not, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Over and out. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to... Put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.